0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Family Life Podcast. And thank you for wanting to live an extraordinary family life. It's so important. It is so, so important. And you know this already and you think about it all the time. It's the kind of awesome people you are. But man, it's, it's, this is life and you get one shot at it. One shot. And just this morning, uh, my wife and I were sitting around the table with all of our children, and she recounted the story of her father passing away of colon cancer at the age of 47. And we sat there and talked for a long time, and the kids were very interested and asked a lot of questions. And it was a beautiful feeling and just a sobering reminder that this is our shot. This is our shot at life. And this is your life. This is your story of living your life right now. Whatever phase you're in, this is your chapter and you got to make it count. And we all ought to be striving to live an extraordinary family life. And so today, oh man, I hope you're excited. I'm so excited. I've been thinking about this for a very long time. I've been preparing. I got books here in front of me. I got notes. I want to make this really special. Uh, life-changing even. I hope this episode is life-changing for you as it has been for me in thinking through it and preparing for it. And just the realization, if if only the idea, the, the awareness of what we're going to talk about just kind of takes a spot in your mind and your heart, I think it'll be powerful enough to shift the direction and course of your life and help you level up and live more with more awareness and more intentionality. Oh, I love this stuff. I love it. So we're going to talk about the three ways of living. I think we can kind of put us into three paths, we could say. Um, I don't even know if path is an adequate word, but it's because it incorporates a mindset and a heart set and feeling, a way of being, and it grabs all of our habits and attitudes and the way we do life. I think there's just kind of three ways to do life. And what's re- really interesting about this is it can kind of just piece together. It's not just clear cut one, two, or three, and you're, you're only in one way, and you stay that way, or you're only in one way, you can shift. There's this mixing and mingling. Now, it's possible for someone to spend their entire lifetime in one of these. Or it's also possible just to spend the morning there, or an afternoon. And so you can switch back and forth. I think most of you will experience days or weeks of all three of them but I think predominantly one of them will consume the majority of your life. And if if that settles in, man, there's really only one that you want <laughs> that any of us want to be the consuming part of our life, like the the predominant major way we do life. So here we go, ready? Three ways of living. Number one is trapped. Number two is transactional. And number three is transformational, right? Trapped, transactional, and transformational. Now I know some of you are listening to this while you're running or exercising or washing the dishes or driving. But if you're in a place where you can take some notes I would invite you to do that. Um as you're going along, if something strikes you, just kind of jot this down and if you're if you're driving, pull over, or if you're running, stop and catch a note on your phone or something, but capture some of these ideas. I want it to really hit home and you could actually make a list on paper, and I've done this, I've got it right here in front of me, where you do three columns and you specifically write out how each of these is taking place specifically for you in your life. And the more specific you make it to you, the more awareness you'll have around, oh, yeah, yeah, that little thing I think, that little thing I do, that's very much in a caged way of living. And the other one, oh, very, um, well, a a trapped, right? The trapped way of living or the transactional way of living or the transformational way, way of living, right? So here we go. We we begin with each one. Oh, let me let me give a kind of a brief overview real quick. So trapped, of course, it's you're trapped. You feel like you're in a cage, you're in a prison, you feel stuck. Transactional is the word. You've heard me talk about this before. Um, I love to make the comparison between something that's transactional. You're just going through the transactions of it. You're going through the motions. Versus transformational. Transformational is a, it's life changing. It's powerful. It's it's engaged. So transactional life is just kind of uh, getting things done. It's doing what needs to be done. It's, it's good, but it's not great. It's not extraordinary. And the transformational of course, is the extraordinary family life. It's living where you are fully present in the moment and aiming towards unbelievable life experiences and having impact in the world and living the life that you were born to live. You're singing your song, engaged with family and friends and and the world. It's just awesome. So those are the three areas. We're going to dive in, and I want to, I want to give you the characteristics and the sense here, and, and you, I think you'll be blown away, like I was, and others I've taught this to, like they are, of like how this kind of fits into your life, and you start realizing, it, basically this gives you a framework to identify and recognize some of the things we all do and go, oh man, that's really that's really a trapped mentality, or a trapped way of living, or Wow. Uh, this part of my life I, I wasn't even i didn't even realize it till right now has been super transactional and then other parts would be like wow yeah that's I'm doing it that's transformational that, that piece is transformational for me and the goal is of course now hearing those names you want we all want to move almost well as as absolutely much as possible away from trapped and transactional and get into the transformational way of living so here we go. I'm going to go through kind of each one as thoroughly as I can, as thoroughly as I can and then I'll touch on you know, certain aspects of life and maybe give some descriptions of how each one thinks, each area of those things. So here we go, trapped. People who are living trapped lives are always blaming themselves and always blaming their circumstances, they're blaming other people. It's, a, it's an endless blame game, And they often slip into playing the victim. Again, I was <laughs> I was the president, I was the king, I was the, I was the ruler in Victimville. I've been there, and I, re, I literally remember thinking and believing wholeheartedly, this is just the way things are. It's definitely that person's fault that my life is the way it is and and I remember feeling like a victim, i mean wholeheartedly believing it It wasn't like you know what I'm going to choose to play the victim here. I could do something, but I'm not going to it wasn't i just I just didn't know it was so it was outside of my reality. I just wholeheartedly believed it's this circumstance's fault, and there's nothing I can do about it. It's out of my power, and that's a very trapped life, right. They believe I can't actually do things that they want to do because of circumstance, right? They Blame it on the circumstance. So just like I was saying, it's this deep belief and overpowering belief that, well, I can't do the things I want because my circumstances don't allow it. And Man, the, I'll, I'll pause here throughout a lot and just to just drive home points. What little areas of your life have you been just blaming your circumstances? You've been telling yourself this story of you can't change. You can't do anything about it because of X, Y, Z. One of the most powerful things for me is finding out, learning, meeting people who, in spite of unbelievable circumstances, are still leading their lives. Whether they've lost limbs or become handicapped, um, you know, accidents or born with birth defects or... Um, lost everything, complete bankruptcy or literally fleeing from their lives from uh, other countries, from terrorism or genocide or whatever, right? And then they overcome the most unbelievable circumstances and you stop and go, hmm, (laughs) what's my excuse? Like suddenly my circumstances don't seem to be stopping me anymore, right? It's that powerful play. But in the trapped life, that's where we think. We often are saying things, like, oh, I can't afford it, right? And that's just, that's it. That's a statement with finality in a trapped life. I can't afford it. The, the question of how could I afford that never even comes up. Because in the trapped life, it's just one and done. I can't afford it. They give up on improvements in their self and their life... For fleeting moments, basically the exchange rate I talk about. Every everything has an exchange rate, and they're exchanging opportunity for improvement in themselves or in their life for fleeting moments with vices and addictions, right? And so, in the trapped life, any opportunity to make an improvement to life or self is, is quickly brushed aside with fleeting moments. And why do I call them fleeting moments? Because any time spent with vices in addiction is just a fleeting moment, you know. <laughs> it's going to change your life for a minute or two. <laughs> You're going to get hit with all these all these dopamines and all this goodness and all this fun for, for a few minutes. Um, and that's true with any kind of substance abuse or any, any kind of screen addiction, anything. It's just, it's just these fleeting moments. And so we literally... In the trapped life, we literally trade our chance for improvement, for the living the life we really want to, for the cage and the trap of vices and addiction. The person living a trapped life begins to believe that they are a bad person, that they're not worthy, right? So a lot of lot of negative self-talk and tearing themselves down um, anytime they make a mistake, or or anytime they make an assessment of their life, they really just say, oh, "I'm not worthy. I, I don't deserve it." They really beat themselves up. They're mean, mean to themselves, pretty harsh on themselves, and they waste a lot of time and a lot of money on superficial, um frivolous things, frothy things. That just there's no real substance. So they're spending their life and their time in that area. They they often um beat themselves up or have a lot of negative self talk in the trapped life. And so actually becoming trapped to their own psychology and their own endophasia, which is their self talk, right? And so there's just um they're just stuck there mentally. And they, one, of the, one of the big things they get stuck in and trapped in is fear. They're very afraid of um, anything, uh, of change. They're afraid of the unknown. They're afraid of breaking out of any kind of boundaries. They're hypersensitive and concerned about what other people think. Um, they're always trying to get approval. They have very limiting beliefs about their own potential or what's possible for them. And I, I remember living like this, literally thinking, oh, those people are so lucky. I never thought, huh, I wonder if I could do that or how I could do that. I just thought, man, they're lucky. Ugh. And I just went on. like the, the, It never occurred to me that there was the slightest possibility for me to live a better life. It was just like, yeah, that's the way things are. They're over there. I'm over here. Like, and I didn't have anyone mentoring or coaching me saying, well, you could get over there. You just got to follow this path. I was just like, man, they're lucky. Arr, my life sucks. <laughs> then I, on I went, and so I stay in this little, this tight, refined space—a cage, really. I, I saw that I saw this image one time, and I, I saw it once, and I tried to find it again. I could not find it. it was this beautiful drawing somebody made, sitting in a cage, and it kind of looked like a big bird cage. Right, it was a person sitting in a cage, and the the door was actually open on the backside but they were facing the bars and so we're sitting in cages with the doors wide open and those bars are the expectations of other people It's um, the bars are thoughts and feelings and habits and actions that are restricted and confining, it's the opinions of others that create those bars it's just being trapped with social conditioning and the expectations of others. It's fear of, of making any changes, even to our routines or our friend groups. Sometimes we're, we're, we become trapped by people we know are, are toxic um, or aren't helping us. And we, we just kind of get stuck. So people will get stuck and caged in um, social circles or even geographic locations. Have you met people like that? Maybe you've experienced it where you're living in a certain area and everyone in that area thinks that way, acts that way, and, and some people never leave. Anyone who wants out kind of gets ridiculed and, and you kind of feel stuck, right? And these bars of approval, right? Or, or whatever they are. some In the trapped life, We are constantly living with regret in the past, either regret or um, the glory days, right? From (laughs) Uncle Rico from that hilarious, crazy show, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. You're trapped in the past. You're always living in the past of the glory days. Oh, so awesome back then. Or, oh, terrible, terrible living regret. Or you're trapped, ironically, in the future. And usually it's these really crazy daydreams or whatever like oh some like my ship's going to come in my night on shining armor someone's going to come save me right so not real solid thinking about the future just kind of dreamy irrational thinking about the future and and that's actually ironically that's victim mode thinking something's going to save you like somebody's going to knock on your door and hand you a million dollars and or you know, again, the, the phrase is we use the ship's going to come in some, some, somewhere out of, out of nowhere, someone's going to come in and change my life for me. You're going to rescue me from myself and fix everything. And that's the kind of the victim dreaming. So even when you do someone who's a trapped is like, Hey, when you dream about the future, they dream about somebody saving them, like rescuing them instead of dreaming about ways they can make the changes. And they live in fear of the future, right? Which is usually anxiety is fear in the future. And so a lot of people, trapped people are living in the past or in the future, but rarely in the present moment. And if it's in the present moment, ironically, they're giving up what they want most for what they want in the moment. Very momentary pleasures. And so instead of being wholly present, really they're loving it, it's momentary, ugh, I just don't feel like it. And it's self-sabotage in the moment. They uh, are definitely in survival mode all the time. And the questions that they ask themselves in in the trapped way of living, uh, again, this the the questions, the predominant questions that spread across each of these ways of living are super important. It's It's not so much even the answers, although those matter. It's the questions we're asking ourselves and people in each mode of living are asking very different questions um, for example somebody in a trapped life is asking oh, how can i get through the day uh, why is my life so terrible but not not why like hey what what's what's off here that i could change and what am i doing that i could do differently to get out of this it's just like why me why am i being picked on um you know how am i even going to survive this how can I just get through this week? How can I get to, to the weekend, right? Because, very in the trapped life, we have very short term thinking. Most, this is interesting, most of the people I meet um, really struggle, not most, I would say, but a majority struggle thinking long term. It's just not something they've learned how to do or have practiced. And most people can't see past the weekend. If you ever hear them talking about it, they're talking about Friday. Oh, if I can just get through this week right? They live very short-sighted um, lives. They have very little direction in a trapped life, have very little direction. They often feel confused. They're not, well, I'm going to try this or I'm going to do that. And they kind of talk about it, but they don't have a real direction of their life and where you where you can see them over weeks, months, or years, watch them moving in that direction. They, They just kind of stay stagnant. Like I mentioned before, very much in survival mode all the time um usually totally unconscious and unaware of their thoughts and their feelings and their actions creating their outcomes just kind of it's it's almost it's just it's it's quite it's quite unconscious behavior thoughtless behavior just going on just repeat mode just doing the same thing again and again and again and quite unaware of it interesting little piece here i got to throw this in this is it's going to kind of stand out to you i hope when you're living a trapped life, you, you don't outsource anything. You don't, you don't really get help. And there's, there's a fear. Well, you, you just can't. You can't outsource. And we'll get. Look, I'll come back to it later with the other types of life. We, if, if we're going to be successful, my friends, we can't do everything by ourselves. And it's actually broken thinking to think we can. That it's some heroic journey to do everything by ourselves. It's crazy to think like that you can't we can't do all the things that need to get done we can't do it by ourselves we need a lot of help to get through life successfully and well in the trapped life you just can't it never comes up you know think about you they're just they're not in a place to outsource and get help and we'll get to transactional how it's kind of a similar problem but with a different reason and motive in both trapped and um, transactional they blow a lot of money on, on again, like I said, frivolous, frothy, tr- transactional stuff. Right? For example, they might spend a, an inordinate amount of money on on coffee and tobacco or alcohol, um, or or other people endlessly consuming the equivalent of those things in junk food, just tons of soda and donuts and and just junk. Right? So their they're money's just going all the time. It's just hitting their mouth, getting sugar hit. And, and you, you've heard me in previous episodes talk about what what effect that's literally having on our body and our brains now. And the science is revealing all that. They also spend unbelievable amounts of time. And I'm kind of giggling because I'm like, when you look at the numbers, you're like, seriously? How is that even possible? Like the, the TV is on for seven hours in the average American home, this is crazy the um This was a study done last year. They found that teenagers spend about nine hours a day looking at a screen nine hours a day for most boys that was kind of video games for most girls it was social media i'm <laughs> just I'm like it's not funny it's tragedy, but in my mind i'm like. What? How, how does that even happen? Like, there's so many great things in life. Like, ain't nobody got time for that. But they spend insane amounts of time and money on entertainment. And then, ironically and hilariously and tragically, in the trapped life, after spending all that time and money on wasteful things, they literally tell themselves and others, I don't have time or money for this other stuff when you talk about goals or dreams or opportunities they're like no i just don't have time and i don't have money and yet ironically they're spending insane amounts of money and time on entertainment and superficial stuff now hopefully this is hitting home for all of us me myself included because you think oh man yeah some of my things <laughs> are quite trapped living right we we and you're going to catch yourself i hope as you're listening to this go oh man I actually do that. And if, if you don't aware, there's another thing about being trapped. There's no awareness. Then they're not keeping a budget. They couldn't sit down right now. And I say, Hey, show me your budget for the last three months. And they're like, yeah, I got it right here. And they pull it up and you go, you just do quick calculations. And you're like, wow, you're spending $450 a month on junk food, on soda, on cigarettes, on coffee, you know, and, and, and you're like, yeah, yeah, things are tight. No, I just can't do it. I, I can't do whatever. I can't go on that trip. I can't donate to this humanitarian organization. I can't uh, get the, cor- the the books or the courses or the coaching I need. I just don't have the money. And you're like, wait a minute, here's 450 bucks a month that you religiously spend at the gas station on junk. What do you mean you don't have the money? But they're they're usually not aware of that either. That's why we get trapped. They're not aware of how they're allocating their time, and they're also not aware of how they're allocating, well, uh, how they're eating. So they're not tracking. They're not tracking what they eat, right? So they don't know. And when, usually, when I sit down to coach with somebody, I'm like, "Hey, what are you eating? I don't know." And they and they think like, well, I just eat this a little bit of that." I'm like, "Okay, let's let's actually track it. Write down every single thing you eat," and they come back like, "Whoa, uh, I didn't realize I'm going for a snack every 15 minutes, and it's usually like." cookies and brownies and muffins right so they're they lack awareness in the trapped life people who are living the trapped life they lack awareness and tracking and measuring and monitoring where's the money going where's my time going that's another thing track your time if if you're concerned that you're living a trapped life in something or in fact for all of this just do it just track next week just track everything you eat track everything you do with your time and I know, I know, I mean, just do it quickly so it's not time consuming here. But just really briefly, just open a document on your phone or something, just real fast, jot down everything you eat that week, what you do with your time that week, just kind of chart it, and then where does your money go. And I think it'll be extremely revealing for all of you to go. Because we don't think we're spending that much time. There's no way we sit down, no, I'm not doing that. But when I stop down and I push, I start pushing when I'm doing coaching, right? And I'm like, hey, let's really get clear about this because you're trapped. Most of the time, I work with some of the best people. I'm coaching some of you. I get to coach amazing people, super great people. But when I get uh, when I get real in there, because usually it's, there's a pain point of like, I just want to level up. I feel stuck here. And when we start talking about the area where they're stuck, whether they want to lose weight or um, get better control of their finances or their time or they want to be more efficient, more effective, they want to chase down some dream. The first thing we do is like, let's get really clear about this. And they often don't realize like, whoa, I, I, I never would have thought I was actually spending that much time watching TV. People are usually blown away when we do that one. I said, like, no, no, like, tell me how much? how much you watching? And they're like, no, no, I watch a movie here and there. And I'm like, we'll track it. And they come back, they're like, oh, man, I've been watching a movie every night before bed. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're talking, let's say, let's say you can watch uh, an episode. Let's say a 60-minute episode every night, right? 60 minutes every night. And, you know, sometimes it's little YouTube videos or memes or funny things you're scrolling. Sometimes it's a, an episode from a Netflix or something, right? You guys, 60 minutes a night over a year is the equivalent of 44 eight-hour workdays. That's two full working months. Wait, let, that, let that slip slip in there, right? Let that sink in. It's just 60 minutes in a day, whether it's just idle chit-chat or... Just wasting time, scrolling, watching videos, whatever. 44 eight-hour workdays in a year. How much do you think you could get done with that? Whoa, right? But the trapped life, they're not aware of that. It's just kind of going along. Um, interesting little insight here. People living the trapped life, they do a lot of shopping Um for doodads and, and just stuff, uh, things that really don't matter, don't make a difference, don't move the needle, don't really increase the quality of life. They, they shop a lot at gas stations, right? Where they're paying way too much for far too little. Uh, they're picking up all these ads and they're, they're just buying just stuff all the time that really doesn't matter. They're, they're shopping in all the little kiosks in the mall and they're, they're just constantly paying full price for everything, but for things that really genuinely are not adding value to their life. Interestingly, manufacturers of trash food and trash entertainment aim at this demographic of people. And they strategically prey on human psychology to do it. Like fascinating stuff. And this isn't, uh, again, a a lot of us, you think people are making less money are definitely in a trapped life sometimes. But, but it's not always income dependent. There are, there are people who earn great salaries and they blow it. They blow it all in a trapped living. Usually people in, in a trapped life, they experience a lot of mental fog. and well, So there's, there's going to be some crossover here. So some of these things I'm saying are kind of crossing over in between trapped and transactional. Uh, this happens in both places. A lot of mental fog and confusion they're just confused about life and who they are and what they want to do and what they should do just just a lot of mental fog there it's just cloudy and they they really lack clarity um, both places transactional trapped constantly talking well more so well it you know happens in both areas they're just constantly talking just kind of empty words, they're giving a lot of lip service to making changes or, oh, that'll be great when or, oh, that would be awesome if or, you know, just kind of this talk, talk, talk like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Yeah, well, whatever. I'm going to, you know, these things and you've heard it. You've heard them talk and maybe you've done it. You have just talked and talked and talked but literally no progress, no movement, no results, just lots of talking and then lots of excuses, lots of talks, lots of excuses. They're constantly revisiting ideas and things they could do But they rarely experience real results. And then here, switching now to transactional especially, the mind is endlessly occupied with the transactions of life. Let that one hit home a little bit. Their mind is endlessly occupied, so almost constantly filled with the transactions of life. That's what they're thinking about. They think about, just all the transactions. So they're not thinking about how can I improve? How can I change? How can I be more influential? How can I be more in control of my life? How can I have more energy? How can I improve my circumstances and situations? How can I serve more? How can I be more impactful? What difference can I make? How can I be more creative? They they rarely go into those phases and areas of thinking because their mind is endlessly occupied with the transactions of life. From first thing in the morning, they get up and they just start thinking about the things they have to do. Okay, I got to get ready. And then I got to run this errand, and then I got to take care of that thing, and I got to do that thing and this thing and that thing. And then uh, blah blah, and they just it's all transaction, right? Where I'm gonna I'm gonna jump ahead real real quick here just quick contrast a transformational life the first thing they get up they do in the morning is they power up they clear their minds and focus on who they want to be how they're going to treat others the principles and practices that govern their life they're leveling up first thing they get up and they're focused on improvement they're meditating praying writing reading doing like big work deep work They're hitting their priorities first. before. Literally, they have rules in place that literally prevent them from thinking about the transactions of the day until they've done their deep work first. So I just want to jump ahead of contrast there. The transactional life is all about comfort. (laughs) Ready? Okay, now we're switching to transactional. So if you're taking notes here, second column. And and again, uh, my invitation to you is go through this carefully and write notes for you specifically so all the things we just talked about what are the very specifics for you for you you might realize oh man i get on i get on this this specific social media maybe you get on tiktok and you just spend you're on there 45 minutes every evening in tiktok or maybe the you first thing you do you wake up and you grab your phone and start scrolling or you grab your phone and check the news right that's a trapped life. Endlessly consuming news is a trapped life because the news just feeds you fear. It's telling you all the, the fearful things of other people's lives. And, and people check it first thing in the morning and last thing at night. And, and so they're filling their minds with fear and these other ideas. And they're letting other people consume their... and control and direct their thoughts, right? So I want you to look at the very specific things. For you, it might be Pop-Tarts. Or it might be Orioles. <laughs> or, I don't know, Diet Dr. Pepper. I, I don't know. what What's the specific for you that, that is keeping you trapped in any area and aspect of your life? In what way are you trapped? It might be something you do in your marriage. Or this attitude or, or perspective or mindset or heart set you have towards your spouse. That might be keeping you trapped. And you've just held on to it for years. And you know it's unhealthy. And you know you're feeling trapped. Or you, maybe you're just recognizing it right now. It might be something to do with parenting. It might be something to do with your spiritual journey whatever just like what whoa like what is it specifically for me where i'm i'm staying trapped i'm playing the victim or or just doing those those patterns or habits of being trapped next so transaction right the transactional life is all about comfort absolute total focus on comfort on convenience on supposed security and safety, which is really an illusion. I call it supposed because safety and security, guys, is an illusion. It's a story we tell ourselves. And this is where most people will dwell. This is where they'll spend their lives, in this transactional space. They live, they live good lives, right? Um, and, but really focused, especially today. We're so affluent. Our lives are so good and so safe. Ironically, we live in unbelievable fear in the safest time for most of us in the history of the world and uh, they're so comfortable we we're constantly obsessed obsessed with safety security comfort and convenience which ironically we're wired we are hardwired for novelty for newness for challenge We feel happy and fulfilled and alive when we're experiencing new and unknown and spontaneous and different and challenging things. That makes us feel alive. But most of us right now are obsessed with having things orderly and neat, nice and convenient and just like we want them. And so, of course, in one of the greatest times in the history of the earth where we have all this Suppose safety and security, convenience, and comfort were miserable. We're miserable. Look at all the charts. I mean, just the graphs of, of unhappiness and lack of fulfillment and meaning and purpose and stimulation. I mean, it's off the charts. And yet we live in this incredible time. Helen Keller said, security is mostly a superstition. It does not exist in nature, nor do the children of men as a whole experience it. Avoiding danger is no safer in the long run than outright exposure. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing. There's a little teaser there for the transformational life. It's very adventurous, my friends. Where the transactional life is very... Again, I'm going to keep repeating this. As long as we talk about transaction, I'm going to talk about being obsessed with safety, security, comfort, and convenience. Interestingly here on this one, they're um, focused on... The, the, again, the questions they ask themselves are, what will others think of me? How do I fit in? Will, will I be accepted? Will I be seen as successful? Right? What will others think of me? They often think um, on about themselves. They often think they're not good enough. Um, they also can't really do the things they want or would like to, because not because they don't have the resources, but because they are continually trading what they want most. For what they want in the moment, in the form of comfort and convenience, so they're, they're they're taking their resources. Well, I you know let me add this: comfort, convenience, and social competition, making sure they appear um, successful or, you know, they kind of fit in. They're, so they're spending usually lots of money on comfort, convenience, and social competition. Social competition is like, well, you know, the neighbors have this, I better get that, or I'm going to get this so my friends think I'm this way, or I'm definitely not going to, you know, I'm not going to drive whatever this or use that or whatever. You know, you get what I'm saying. They're they're very conscious of that, and it's not that they can't afford transformational experiences; it's that they won't. They're literally trading their resources for those things. Additionally, they choose the, quote, safer experiences instead of a transformational experience. So when something does come up, an opportunity to take a, let's say, take a trip, instead of, you know, chasing down that dream experience they've, they've dreamt of, of going to see the Church of St. George in Ethiopia that was carved out of stone in the shape of a cross. Epic! Epic! bucket list instead of going to Petra they're like ah uh, let's take the kids to Disney World and and they go with the safer right what's more comfortable what, what's more what, what's more familiar and so it, again even when they have the opportunity they keep it more in the transactional no I don't I don't want to be misunderstood here. I mean, there's there's a time to to go to the beach with your kids and and go back to that cabin you're familiar with. I, and and you can make that moment transformational. You can be fully present. You can make dinner tonight transformational. So don't don't get me wrong that it has to be like around the world, although I th- hope you all will do that. Because there's, there's experiences you'll have that will transform you and your children and your life that you can only be had out there. And will not, they just can't. There's certain things that cannot happen as long as you stay within the confines of your little cage and in and your little safety net, in your bubble. As long as you, if you feel, if you have to stay where it's familiar and comfortable and convenient there are things you will miss out on. It'll always be transactional, where it could be transformational. But then again, let me emphasize this, tomorrow morning could be transformational for you and for your family. So we can make these moments transformational, powerful. But we can also have some big epic ones. Can I just throw a little teaser here? I think you and your spouse should do an overnighter or a getaway to a new place every 90 days. Doesn't have to be extravagant or expensive, but do it every 90 days. And if it's if you're tight on the budget, go camping in a new place. Just buy a cheap tent on on Facebook Marketplace, and go camp in a different spot. Right, it's cheap. Just go somewhere new, and you should do it with your family every ninety days too. So every ninety days, you you get away with your spouse, and you get away with your family. This is an ideal I'm holding up here. Now, if you're going, that'll never happen. I can't do it. Can't afford. Not gonna. <laughs> like, like catch yourself right there when I when somebody offers a suggestion, an idea, or something. Catch yourself. My old self would have. Oh, that'll never happen. Ugh, I got to work. I can't afford that. Now you say, wait a minute. No, I can. I can take. I can take a day off here, and I can. We can save. We can get some points here, and I can. Oh, we can cancel the the cable, and that's that's wasting away our life. And take that money and pay for a hotel, or you know whatever you got to do, shift things around, right? Shift things around so that. You create the life you want. And that's the piece we'll get to and we're getting to in the trans- transactional versus transformational. All right, where was I? Oh, they're constantly trading what they want most for comfort and convenience. They can't afford, they go to the safer experiences. Okay, here. That, remember the outsourcing piece I mentioned earlier? Transactional people, usually people living the transactional life, they won't outsource things. Um, they can, but they won't. Mostly because of this all-consuming, wait a minute, I can't even read my notes here. (laughs) Because of an all-consuming concern for false social ideas and the judgments of others. I've heard that so many times. When they're like, oh, I can't do all these things I want. I can't focus on transformational things because I'm taking care of all the trans transactional things. And I say, well, hire some help. And they're like, no. Like, what would other people think? My my mom would just be so upset that I hired someone to mow the lawn. It, you know, there's this false idea that we should be able to do everything. That we should be somehow superhumans and be able to take care of everything the truth is anyone can mow your lawn anyone can do the dishes anyone can can do the laundry anyone but only you can do your push-ups only you can be a parent to your children only you can offer your unique gift to the world we've got to learn to outsource more okay here's the other piece they won't outsource using those resources because again, the obsession with comforts and conveniences, stuff and things. And so a lot of their money is going into their little conveniences, comforts, whatever, instead of, you know, I really don't need that. And the social competition, right? I really don't need that so I can allocate this money to outsource. So let's let's pick something. Um, let's just say you, you hire um, some somebody to a cleaning agency or something, or somebody to come over and just clean the house a couple times a week, right? That frees up some serious hours, right? Um, I, I have lots of friends that do this. They either have somebody, they even, <laughs> they'll even have somebody come over full time, right? That does cooking and cleaning, and it frees up hours. Or they come over once a week, um, or twice a week. Let's say, let's say you have someone come over on uh, Monday and Friday. Right, and or Monday and Thursday, whatever, and just in the morning. So it gives you a few hours in the morning to really focus. And you you take it. What would you do with some free time? And here's the question. Let me ask this while we we start thinking about transitioning to the transactional life, or transformational life rather. What would you do with that free time? This is going to be very revealing. Because what you choose to do with that free time, and and being strategic to free up time is really what starts to distinguish us between transactional and transformational. So one, you start thinking, how can I get a time? And then two, what would I do at that time? That's gonna reveal whether you stay transactional or you go transformational. If you would just like, oh, I'm just gonna sit there and do nothing, oh. And I know some of you need a, a rest, you need a break, but you need recovery. And so instead of turning to social media or mo- movies or entertainment or whatever, Or chit-chatting or gabbing or gossiping or news or whatever. You turn to transformational things. So what if you freed up some time? You could really engage with your kids. Or you could work on learning a language or reading those books or gaining a new skill or leveling up. In whatever area you want to pursue. Your mission, your purpose, your calling. And you could take those hours. And if you had just a few additional hours a week, what could that do to your life? Again, go back. If you spread it through 30 minutes a day, it's 22 eight hour workdays in a year. What can you accomplish in 22 eight hour workdays? Well, you could write a book, that's for sure. Or you could read lots of books, or you can make some massive changes. And that's where it gets transformational. In the transactional life, there's still a lack of purpose, a lack of passion. A lack of persistence. They lack clarity about who they are. And the big picture of their life. Does that make sense? In the transactional living, they, they lack big picture, passion, purpose, and per- persistence in what they really want for their lives. And so there's a lot of discontent. They have the comfort, they have the convenience, right? They have that obsession with it and keeping up with the neighbors, so to speak. But then always there's this nagging in their heads and in their hearts of like, is this it? Is this all there is? Like, why? Why am I living somebody else's life? Why why am I handing over my time to other people's agendas? We, we crave, my friends, we crave... a. A spontaneous, exciting, creative, fun, ambitious, driven life. But we trade that for again comfort, convenience, safety, security, and the good opinion of others. Isn't this fascinating? I mean this stuff is so powerful. And I've been there and and I still will find Rachel and I will find ourselves slipping into either of these. Again, you can do it you can do it for a moment or for the afternoon or the evening. You can have a very trapped Evening, you can have a transactional morning, but for the vast majority of us, we want to push all of this into the transformational, right? And we don't want to live the, the transactional life becomes very boring, very stale, very mundane, and very unfulfilling. Ugh. <laughs> you with me, Ugh. and we've all felt that. And and yes, there's a lot of transactions that need to be get be done. I can hear some of you saying right now, but but I have all these things I have to do, right? And I get it. There's a big list, but can I? Maybe I'll make an invitation here. I wasn't even considering doing this. Well, I'm going to make an invitation right now. Make a clear list of all the things you have to do. I've done this with my clients, and and I say, okay, you know, you're just you're telling me. I keep hearing you say. So we're talking, right? We're like, what are you going to do? Do this, do this I just have to do all this and all this and all this. And I'm like, okay, let's make a list right now. List out all the things you have to do. And then first of all, say and order them, which ones are most important? Which ones can you say no to done remove them from your life? Some of you are like constantly taking care of something that you could just get rid of. It's not really adding value to your life. I guess that's another piece of the transactional, right? Is your lives are so full of stuff. Like you've got your whole house full of stuff. And your garage full of stuff. And maybe even a storage unit or two full of stuff. And and it happens to all of us. We just start collecting. When you stay still, you just start gathering stuff. Every time we stay somewhere for longer than a few weeks, we gather so much stuff. And so... You could just say, well, wait a minute, I'm spending all this time, all this effort, all this energy, thought, emotion, whatever, on on this thing that's really not adding value to my life. Just get rid of it. Gone. There we go. Move that along. There it goes. Pass it along to somebody else who really wants it and adds, it adds value to their life. And you're going to feel so fantastic because it's going to free up time and space. And so identify what well, everything is there. What can you say no to? What can you outsource? What can you remove completely? And then prioritize and work on the things that move the needle in your favor. Some of you just have too much stuff. You've said yes to too many projects and to too many people. And I know you just wonderful, sweet, awesome people. I love you. (laughs) But I know a lot of you in your just genuine desire to please other people. You've said yes to all kinds of things you should have said no to. And so do some zero-based thinking and say no, right? And only if it's not an absolute yes, like this is part of my life. This is, this is, if it's not a yes, this is a part of my transformational life, then remove it. Now, again, it might be yes to, I'm going to go visit the widow or the widower down the street and take meals. Because that matters. That's special. It might be a yes to you know I'm gonna help that, but it's not it's not an always a yes. And you might pause and say, no, that one is definitely a no. And be be courageous about saying no. Here's some here's some other things that are, are big. In in the transactional space, there's not this boldness, this confidence, it is a constant fear of what others how others will judge you or what they'll say this is actually trapped too where you literally live your whole life unable to say what you really think afraid of being ridiculed or mocked or always feeling like you're wrong you don't have a, this free expression of yourself it's often even within marriage or family some, some of you feel stifled you you're live in terror of the reactions of others I've I've talked to many people who are afraid of what their mother will say, or their mother-in-law will say, or oh my dad, oh, I'm not gonna, I am not going i can not really talk about what I, what I really think and feel about this because oh my dad will come unglued, or my father-in-law, or my sibling, or my spouse, right, and so that's it's very trapped, or even transactional where it's just all. It's all convenient. It's all comfortable. It's all safe, secure. But it's not a full expression of creativity. Some of you might change careers if it weren't for the fear of what others might say. Some of you might chase down this dream or this passion, this goal. You might really sing that song you were born to sing. But it's, you're stuck there. Right? And so we have to break free of all of that. Of the fear of what others will say, and, and allow yourself define yourself, and refine yourself, and like live this transaction, transformational life. So, if you feel like you're just kind of um, a passenger, you're a passive rider on this this vehicle of life, and you're kind of marching along with the herd and doing what others are doing, and you don't really know why, you haven't made any clear decisions about what you're doing, why you haven't set up high standards for yourself, that's kind of a transactional existence. If you're not deliberately choosing to do the things you love. Now, hold on a minute here, because sometimes you just kind of get in this rut mentally or emotionally. And you might, if you just kind of bring back some life to your life, you might actually genuinely love what you're currently doing just you need to turn back on the love and the life some of you though are going to turn on love and life and realize yeah i don't no this isn't this isn't maybe where i want to live i don't want to have a house in this neighborhood or i don't want to be in this area or i don't want to do this work anymore or i love this work i just don't want to be with this company anymore or you might say you know this this group of friends they're just kind of they're they're nice they're good people but i just you know, I need I need somebody that stimulates me, that is challenging me to help me to grow. Um, for some of you, you're going to want to, you might want to just radically transform the way you're doing life right now. <laughs> you might want to just totally shift things. And here's what's interesting, though. this This is definitely the transactional characteristic here. You say, well, but life is good. Why should I want more? And you actually, honestly, start feeling guilty sometimes that your life is good, and why should you want more? It almost feels like ingratitude, right? Like if I want my life to be better, if I want to make some changes, why, why should I want to change? Why should I want to grow? Why should I want to improve? Why should I want to live a transformational life when a transactional life is so good? And often have these feelings of guilt or. Or kind of squelching, like why should I improve? Why should I make a difference? Why should I be better than I am? Because life is so good. But it's because we're we are built, we're made. God made us to want to grow and, grow and grow and grow and keep growing, keep improving, keep getting better. And then once you reach a certain level where you're you're performing in a transformational way, right, an extraordinary way, then you have a responsibility, a moral obligation to help more people. And to increase your circle of influence and help others. Woo! So we've got to get out of this passive rider mode, right? As passenger, get off cruise control. Turn that baby off and break free from the traps of what, you know, the, the routines and patterns and what's familiar and comfortable and convenient and turn it on where you get crazy excited to be alive you're fully present in what you're doing you you know what you're doing and why you're doing it and and because it's you're doing it even if it's the dishes right and and you, <laughs> this is what's so funny it's like you can have s- these amazing meaningful experiences and then you've got to go do the cleaning so after meaning comes the cleaning right there's there are transactional parts of life but if we're going to do them let's make sure we're doing doing them with with gusto and with energy and excitement and life and purpose like you're you're all in right be excited about make it fun if if you just have to do a chore man throw in a great audiobook that's life-changing or take along a, a person with you and have a meaningful conversation like make make it matter I'm going to do a whole episode on that. Actually, make it matter. I'll come back to that. But, like, take these things and be all in. Now, I don't. I don't do this all the time. Sometimes I'll be like, "Oh man, I got to do this chore." And and I've luckily I'll catch myself now because I've been thinking about this so long. I'm like either I'm either being trapped in that moment or definitely transactional, and I don't have to be. It's a choice. It's always a choice we have. So let's. Let's shift to this transformational space. And this is where, this truly is where the extraordinary family life comes into play. Where we're very alert and aware of what's happening. We're not obsessed with safety and security and comfort and convenience and the judgments of others. We're actually obsessed with living deliberately about doing the right thing. We're not worried about who's right. We're worried about what is right. We're not worried about what others think. We're worried about what we will think at the end of our lives when we look back. And we, we are our final judge of life saying, did I really live? Right? We are present in the moment. We know how to regard the past, right? So we're not living in the past. We're looking back and learning from it. Right. And you've heard me say this. None of us can change the past, but we can definitely change the way we view it. Transformational life. They look at the past to learn lessons and move forward. Right. So we're forward facing learning from the past. We're not in the future dreaming of that, you know, the, the some some saving grace to come in and, and take care of all our problems. We're looking at the future saying, what am I doing today in a transformational way that's going to create a transformational future? Right, so we have, we have ambitions, we have vision, we have vision boards, we have big goals, and we're moving towards them. We have direction, we have purpose, we have passion, we have persistence when we're living a challenge, a, uh, a transformational life, right? And we're we're seeking out challenges. See, the tra- the transactional life is, huh, let's do this, the trapped life. Hates challenges, abhors them, complains about them, blames them. Blech. The transactional life avoids them because it's inconvenient and it's uncomfortable, and it might—if it's hard—it might be embarrassing. But the transformational life embraces, seeks out, like, runs towards challenges. That's the difference. We're seeking out novelty, challenge, new things. We're we're going gangbusters. Because challenge is where there's growth where there's excitement where there's transformation oh yeah we're not obsessed with entertainment we're obsessed with growth with learning we're lifelong learners like committed to the quest for personal greatness the and the transformational living they believe in themselves they're not they're not blind to their mistakes and weaknesses and shortcomings. But they don't beat, them up, beat themselves up and say they're bad. They don't, they're not worried that they're being enough. They realize that they are inadequate. And they're going to be really conscious.